and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 179. Uh, today I interview Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels.com Secrets and a lot of other really cool marketing companies. But my guest co-host today is Adam Popper. So Adam, thank you for joining me. No worries. How are you doing? Good. So Adam's been on the show before, but uh, maybe you could just you know give a 30-second bio who you are. Okay. Um, friend of Ari is a part of your the Less Doing Mastermind. Uh, I'm in the real estate private equity business, uh, where I've been in that real estate space for about 28 years and have been applying a lot of RE's, uh, less doing to, you know, a traditional non-tech business. And it's been very, very helpful for me. Well, thank you. So you want to hear about some cool stuff? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. So the first one, this is a bizarre one. Um, it's called co-boat. Okay. So, uh, are you going to follow along with me or should I just describe everything? Um, I'm going to. Get there if I can. Okay, so so coboat dot org is a this is a co working space on a boat. Uh, this is a really interesting idea, but basically it's an eighty two foot retrofitted sailing catamaran and a floating co working space. It's going to be basically circumnavigating the globe, and up to twenty people at a time can be on it for uh, anywhere between seven days a month or all the way up to a year. Really? Is this like, how did they stop people from like booking it with their families as a vacation? No. Well, so it's, you have to, there's like a vetting process. You have to be actually doing like a startup. Um, the, the 365 day voucher is $46,000. So, oh, 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 I'm sorry, 46,000 euros. So what's that like 60 grand? Um, yeah, it's and, like 50 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I mean, I guess on the one hand, it's, first of all, it, to me, it sounds like a reality show. But uh, I could see how this could be really effective for the right kind of person. But the other thing is that if you're on this boat traveling around the world, then you're not in Silicon Valley, you're not in New York, you're not in you know London. So like, it's, this is interesting. I think right. I, right, it's kind of like for the passive entrepreneur who wants to be kind of play entrepreneur. Right. So I guess you got fifty if, grand to get on a boat and hang out and chill. And, right. Exactly. And and maybe be maybe do your best creative work ever. But that might be it. Which is okay, you know. So yeah, yeah. interesting idea. Um, I hope that works for them. Uh, so the, the second one is a, a little bit more practical. Uh, this one's called Money Penny, MoneyPenny.com, and this is a dedicated receptionist service. So there are a number of these out there, uh, and most of them, I would say, are kind of subpar, honestly. And a lot of them farm out to other countries. Uh, there's one that I've talked about before called Call Ruby that I think is really great. But this is the next or this is of that level that I've ever seen. So basically, um, you're getting a dedicated answering service. So it's like a virtual assistant, but all they do is they just answer the phones for you. And there's an interesting thing to that because I've talked about this a number of times, how you 
how, how we're seeing that there are a lot more companies specializing, you know, in, in terms of outsourcing, you know, like yeah. design pickle and all these ones that are just doing one thing really well. And this is another good example of that. So, you know, you get, you can get a toll free number, you can get a, a local number wherever you want, that kind of thing. And the assistant gets to know you, they get to know your business and basically they can pass the call on to you. They can pass messages and it's just a, a really great sort of forward-facing voice. Now, I think you actually specifically you you you've checked out Call Ruby before, right? I've told you about them. Uh, not Call Ruby, but I've checked out a couple of others. But well, the, the, the interesting thing is, so like Call Ruby, all of their receptionists—they're all women, and they're all in uh, Oregon or Oregon. I never pronounced yep. it properly. Um, and something about it, there's like consistently just very friendly and very nice on the phone, and 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 like easy to talk to. And I think that there is definitely a benefit to that, of course. So if you're having a service that's really focused on that, and that's great. Uh, and I think that depending on the business you're in, this could be a real benefit, you know, where somebody gets to call and they're, they basically start the call happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out like, so, so all, but all they do is, is that they're answering your phone and, Getting you on you on the line, or well, no, it depends on what you know. So this is the thing: is that you can create sort of intelligent routing. So you can tell them, you know, like if your work week is Mondays and Wednesdays, and they can pass the call through on Mondays and Wednesdays. But the other days, then they should just take a message and say you're unavailable. Or right, you know, maybe they they just transfer the call to somebody else uh, for those things. Or depending on what the issue is, maybe. You know, I always find that when you leave voicemail, it just kind of is like this big dark hole. Yeah. Especially, you know, it's like you don't know people ever checking their voice or anything like that. But you kind of feel that there's some sort of responsibility when you speak to someone that that message has actually been given to someone whose responsibility it is to take the message to make sure that you have it, that you act on it. Right. I was thinking that like whether or not you would put something like this on your voicemail, like have an answering service for your cell phone. Oh, so, yeah. No, I would totally do that. Right. So that rather than, you know, if you want to get me, text me. Right. And then you've got to, you know, if you want, you know, have money, penny, answer your phone, say, hi, this is Ari Mindell's, uh line. Can I help you? And just say, oh, Ari's in a meeting right now. Can can I take a message and get and get him back to you? And then you've got someone listing all your all your calls for the day. And then, you know, you can kind of tag them as you get done at the end of the day. Yeah, I know that's a that's a very good point. Um, and it's you, basically any phone you have, especially iPhones, you can forward a voicemail call to any number you want. So it'd be really easy to do that where if, you know, if you don't answer the phone, then it goes to one of these answering services. And uh, I've tried that before, but the services that I've used have not met, have not been up to snuff. So this one actually looks like it could, it could do that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So then the next one, this is a basic one, but these keep coming out. So I like mentioning these. Uh, so oh, it's sure. called Zimni, uh, meet Zimni, Z-I-M-N-I. Uh, and, it's saving money is cool. Saving time is cooler. So this is not, you know, one of those, I mean, this is, this is not particularly new per se. This is a service that will, uh, research prices and reviews basically on whatever you want. And within 24 hours, I'll give you a list of their top recommendations and the pricing. So it's $5 per request, which is, which is interesting. It's an interesting model. So, you know, so basically it's like you want to get a MacBook Air they can find the best price. Or if you want to tell them, like, I, I want a minivan with, you know, eight, that seats eight, then they can put together a report like that as well. So to me, this is like a wonder lib in a way, but not 
Wonderlib is much more general research. This is this seems to be much more focused on like purchasing things. So right. I don't know. It's cheaper. It's five bucks. So it's, right. it's it's the kind of thing that's worth testing out. But I'm finding that you know actually this is a good point to bring this up that I, when people listen to this, Zirtual, which provides dedicated assistance, made an announcement recently that. They were pausing operations and they, they sent all their clients an email thanking them and basically saying like, you're on your own now, which is a weird move. And I, it's, I'm not completely surprised that it happened. I'm surprised that it happened in this fashion, but I, I think that we went through a period and, and, you know, Adam, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but I think we went through this period and we're still sort of in it, but I think it's changing where startups like don't need to make money. You know, like have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I've watched these cycles before. Yeah. Right. You know, they they go public without any earnings, or they take, you know, hundreds of thousands of square feet of office space for anticipated growth, but they don't have a product yet. Right. Know? Right. So, I I think unfortunately we're starting to see an influx of this, or or uh, not an influx, but a uh, an inflection point of this because, like, this is a good example. This company is charging five dollars for this. I know for a fact that to do this kind of research by someone who knows what they're doing and knows how to do it well is, I know this isn't going to sound like a big, like I'm, like I'm splitting hairs, but you're really talking about four or five dollars to have somebody do it well. So if you're, if you're, if they're charging five dollars for this kind of research and that means that they're probably paying the person to do it 250, then there's honestly a limit to the quality of that research. And I don't see how that's sustainable as a business anyway. So, I don't mean to like be poo-pooing now everything that I'm mentioning on this particular episode, but right. I, you know I think they're worth trying, but I don't necessarily think these are going to be around longer. Which, by the way, further extends the whole point of a lot of what we do at Less Doing, which is to help people systematize things, so you don't have to rely on an individual service or provider. You can do these things sort of with anybody. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the implication of virtual kind of closing down because I'm just wondering how many people had in their systems their virtual assistant kind of doing so many, you know, delegating or outsourcing so many things to their assistant. And all of a sudden that, per, you know, that person has to reclaim all these processes and, and fill them back up. Well, and see, that's, that's exactly why less doing is, you know, optimized automated outsource because people, a lot of people just say, okay, you do this and that's the outsourcing and skip right to it. And then things like this happen and they're, you know, SOL basically, because they just, right. they don't know what the process is. And a lot of times those processes don't even require a virtual assistant in the first place. So this turned out to be a very good opportunity for me because as I've mentioned before on the podcast, we're, we've started the less doing assistant program and that is shaping up now into something quite exciting where, um, I've already put this out on Twitter, but if you worked for Zirtual as a virtual assistant and you still want to do that kind of work, you should definitely get in touch with me here because we have people who need this kind of support. So uh, anyway, that was Zimni. Uh, there was this thing. Did, did, did you see me post about Airhook? Did you see this thing? No. Okay. Airhook. Okay. You got to check. You like this? Go to theairhook.com. So this this is a very low tech solution to a very high tech problem. Uh, basically. Tell me when you pull it up. The air hooky, yeah. You know my typing isn't that fast. I do. I yes. am there. <laughs> okay, so uh-huh. this this is a 3D printed nothing. Like it's nothing, but it's such a great solution to a problem. Basically, I, the best way I can describe this for people listening, and you, you should go check it out, is that it it it's a drink holder that hooks onto the back of a uh, to the to, to the top of a tray table on the back of a right. plane. 
or on the bottom of an airline seat, and then it has another hook that goes on top that will hold your screen. So basically, without having to fold down your table, you can have something that holds your tablet, your phone, your iPad, uh, and will also hold a drink for you. So you get more room, and you get sort of your like device in a in a really good place to view it. I think it's fantastic. That's spectacular, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. And it's I like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Look, I mean, you can tell with the lines. I'm watching the video. I'm watching the video on it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I, I mean, it's just, it's so simple and it solves a really big problem. And the truth is, is that, you know, yes, there's not a lot of room with airline seats, but if you can, you know, have your drink and your tablet without having to fold down the seat, that's great. So, um, yeah. I love this. I think, I, I just love the ingenuity of it, honestly. This is spectacular. I'm looking at it right now. It's just great. I ordered like 10 of them because I'm going to give them to people. I mean, this is great. I mean, anytime I get, especially, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm not an overly large guy, but I don't fit into most, you know, most plane seats to begin with. So not having to lift my tray all the time, this is, I mean, definitely getting one. Yeah. I, I just, I love this thing. Um, and then also, you know, so in that, uh, I, I was in Chicago this week. Yeah. And have you been to Chicago? Yeah, sure. I was just there to see the dead. Oh, right. Of course. I, I've never been before. I think it was a great city. Um, yeah, it's a great city. They have a beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's a lake. It's, I, I know, but like I was sitting at like a tiki bar with somebody and I felt like I was in the Caribbean. I took this picture on Instagram. I, sw- I was like, this is Chicago. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, had a, I had a great th- And that was minutes after being having lunch on the 96th floor of a building. So, yeah, yeah. listen, it's great this time of year. You won't be hanging out at that beach in, you know, November through February. Yeah, right. rough there. I've, I've, so I've heard. Right. Um, okay, so then this is an article. There was an article. I think I, I shared this with you, I too. It's uh, over at First Round Review called Speed as a Habit. Did you end up looking at that? No, I didn't see that. Okay, so this is a great article. Um, I'll just share the link with you because it's a long one. But uh, basically, it's, it's a really good article about speed as a habit. And uh, there was a cool quote in it which is uh, a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan next week. And uh, the key takeaway is basically like when a decision is made is more, much more important than what decision is made. And I, I subscribe to that quite a bit. Uh, I believe that even if you make the wrong decision, sometimes at least that'll put you into a new decision point basically. Uh, so this, this is, this, I just thought it was a really well written article. There's a whole bunch of stuff about, uh, they, there's another one here. They say, you know, you're going fast enough. If there's a low level discomfort, people feeling stretched. Uh, but if you're going too fast, you'll see it on their faces. And that's important to spot too. So that was something from, uh, I think from Google, but this is just, it's just a good thing about, uh, basically being decisive, which I really liked. Yeah, so no. good article to read. Cool. Um, okay. And then I got three more here. One, this is a basic one. This is uh, an Indiegogo project called Nourish. So if you want to just Google that real quick, Adam, it's Nourish yep. on Indiegogo. Uh, basically, this is a fantastic idea, I think. It, it's a machine with an app that will create a custom blended supplement for you daily. Really? Yes. Okay. So basically, you know, it has all these pods in it and the pods could be caffeine or protein or, uh, K- or like different kinds of protein or vitamin B or, you know, glutathione, whatever it might be. And basically it has health metrics in it and you wake up one morning and you know, oh, you think you have a cold coming on. So it's going to load you up with extra vitamin C or something. And basically you push a button, it, it, puts the powders all together and then you just put the powder like poured into a bottle or uh, a cup of water wow that's pretty cool cool right yeah i'm just looking at it i just you know 
I've been a really big fan of that ID nutrition, ID yeah, life thing. I know. Which is great. Um, yeah, it is great. So this is basically, you kind of daily, it's kind of like a, like a dispenser. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's not necessarily daily. Like if you want to have one supplement in the morning, maybe you have an afternoon shake and then maybe you want something before dinner even, or uh, like before you go to bed, this can do all of those. Wow. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I am really cool. And like, you know, a good example is a lot of people would say that you want to have like whey protein or, um, or collagen protein in the morning. And then at night you would go with like a, 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 a casein protein, which is a much like sort of slower burn. Uh, so that, like just that example alone, but this is, this is pretty badass, honestly, for not in terms of only in terms of like customization, but in terms of minute customization, like not like within the day. Cause ID nutrition, as you said, is fantastic. But of course, you know, you're getting one set of supplements for the whole month, which is already leaps leap years beyond what you can get now. But this is, you know, meal to meal. You could actually get this custom blend in here. Wow. Very yeah. cool. Uh, okay. So then the, uh, last two is there's one over, there's an article at Mark and angel about 10 life changing tips for highly sensitive people. Uh, at times I would consider myself a highly sensitive person. I think I, I have been more in the past than I am now, but one of the ones, uh, so in Mark and Angel, they're always kind of like very like feel good sort of out there things. But, um, one of the ones that they said that I thought was really good was tune into your body to avoid seesawing between emotional extremes. And basically what they said is like many highly sensitive people learn to ignore the messages their bodies are sending them. They switch it off to avoid overwhelm or they tune into others' needs instead of their own to meet what's expected of them. And so basically this talks about mindfulness to some extent and just sort of being more aware of your own emotional state, which I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's, it's just a good article for people to read and the links are in the show notes. But the last one that I want to get to before we wrap up is the four popular productivity tips that should be ignored. And, uh, the, I have to, I have to say, I kind of agree here. So one of them, well, I mean, I, sorry, I disagree. One of them was myth. Number two is work through your inbox as fast as possible. And this basically goes against inbox zero. And I think this is total bull crap. Um, so basically they're saying that, uh, oh, you can turn it into a game and you should rapidly process and reply to things now that you can. And they're, they're basically saying that you end up spending more time on email by hurrying through your inbox. I mean, that sounds like advice being given by someone who has nothing else to do other than their email all day. It's right. like if you were a professional email responder, that would be something, okay, I'd want to take all day to do. But email is just a way to convey information on something that you need to do, right? So do the thing that you're supposed to be doing, not no taking all day to get to the email. That's well, and the other thing, exactly. And the other thing is, as well, is that they're basically saying, be like, they're basically telling you to be less efficient, first of all. Because to me, I think email is just one thing. It's a skill set, and it, that applies to a lot of other places. So basically, they're like, consider ignoring advice to treat your inbox as a quick fire round on a game show. Instead, re- reply to messages in a way that will answer future questions or problems now, so you're not bombarded with them later. But that, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's it, it. Basically, what they're saying is, like, you know, Take the time to give a really thoughtful response so people don't have to write back to you. Unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. You know, people are going to write back no matter what. Like, it's not like a respect thing that goes back and forth with email. So, it, but honestly, what they're talking about is the boomerang effect of email. You know, the more email you send, the more email you get. So that has nothing to do with the speed that you process emails. It has to do with processing emails at all. So there are certain emails you just shouldn't write back to. 
And, right. and I'll, I'll leave this with saying that one of the best things that you can do for somebody you're communicating with via email is to add three letters to the end of the subject line. N-R-N. No response needed. Oh, I always use E-O-M. End of end message. message. Yeah, well, no response needed is a little bit clearer. It's basically like, right. don't write yep. that. <laughs> so anyway, Adam, I know that you have to jump on a call. Thank you very much for Thank you. co-hosting, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I am speaking with Russell Brunson, who is the author of Dotcom Secrets and the founder of ClickFunnels. So, uh, Russell, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, how's your recovery from your fireworks war going? <laughs> you saw that, huh? Uh-huh. That's nuts. Yeah, it's going great. I uh, took the bandages off today, so my skin is healing. Um, but other than that, it's been amazing. <laughs> we had so much fun. You do realize how juvenile and irresponsible that is, right? Oh, yeah, my kids, <laughs> that's not very smart. Man, my, like, nine-year-olds are, like, teaching me about, like, how <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I, I mean, I bring that up because, first of all, it's, I feel like when you listen to certain podcasts where people are just sort of talking about their life and what's going on, which, which you know, you're, you're marketing your car is, it's sort of like, you know, whatever is going on in your life at the time. I feel like you really get to know people, you know? So uh, that's one thing. So I feel like I, I almost feel like I was living that with you. But the, the second thing is that a lot of what you do, what I do, is is really to support you enjoying your life, right? So, um, well, so and I want to come back to that. So let's back up first of all, and, and can we talk a little bit about your background? You know how you got into the becoming the, this awesome internet marketer that you are. Yeah, um, you know, my background was, uh, you know, I didn't. I mean, it depends how far back you want to go, but like the, the real stories, when I was 12 years old, um, my dad was watching the news, and when the news ended, there was an infomercial popped up with Don LaPree teaching about tiny classified ads, and I was a 12 kid watching this thing. And I was too naive to think that, that was impossible. And I uh, just got so excited, and, um, and I saved my money when I was 12 years old. I paid 40 bucks to buy his, his kit on how to make money with tiny classified ads, and that was like what ruined me and for the rest of my life like, like when I tried to get a job I remember my, my first job I ever had I was I was uh, working at a garden center and, 
and uh, I was getting paid like you know six bucks an hour, and they would hire us out, and they would charge people like a hundred dollars an hour for our time. I remember being so mad, like oh, he's getting a hundred dollars, and I'm doing all the work. I get six, like what's going on? And uh, and just you know all of those little entrepreneurial things started happening when I was a kid, and. Um, when I got a little older and I was in college and I was, uh, met my wife and I fell in love with her and I wanted to get married but I had no idea how to support ourselves. Um, luckily for me, I, 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 was, I was busy wrestling so I couldn't go get a job. So I was like, I got to figure out some other way to make money. And that was about the time the whole internet was just kind of starting. And I looked online and there are all these just amazing entrepreneurs making money and they were talking what they were doing. And I was so grateful just to like, like eavesdrop on what they were doing and, um, and I started looking at what they were doing. I started modeling it. And eventually I created my first product, which was a little software product. And I created some, some in, info products, like how to make a potato gun, which is kind of like my famous one. <laughs> like <laughs> it just like some of these little things and, and it started working. And, and I remember, um, up to that point in my life, like I'd never, I never thought I was smart. I never did well in school. You know, I, I, I struggled reading all these kind of things, but as soon as I started learning this marketing thing and, and I would learn something, and I would try it. And then it would make me money. I was like, wow, this is cool. And I, and I started like loving learning because there was a point to it, you know? I started reading books and going to seminars and courses and I just became obsessed. And I, I've been obsessed with it for about 12 years now. And uh, you know, you spend 12 years obsessed with anything, you, you kind of become good at it after a while. And, and um, that's kind of where all these, these things that we're sharing now and teach and, and sell are just kind of like byproducts of all the cool stuff we've been learning and things that are working. And, um, it's been really fulfilling watching as people take some of these concepts and ideas like you just said with the you took the perfect webinar right you, I love seeing people take that and all of a sudden they do a webinar they're like wow I made $50,000 I made $100,000 or whatever from these little ideas that have been running in my head for you know years so it's kind of fun I love it well and, and yeah we're definitely going to talk about that because that's that was unbelievable to me but the thing that I find so impressive about you honestly and, and I'm not just trying to like chuff you up here but I mean the, the, because there's obviously lots of people that do internet marketing stuff, but what you, what at least in my experience, is that what you've really perfected in a lot of not well maybe not perfected you probably wouldn't say that either, but you've done so well at the craft of internet marketing because you you've worked with such a wide variety of products so it's and services so it's not like Russell Brunson was an expert at uh, I don't know building pools you know and then you took that knowledge and marketed it better you've really you, you've marketed like everything <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that, that was always my pet peeve like one thing that bothered me when I got into this business was all the people teaching marketing were just selling marketing and I was like that doesn't quite seem right and so I always felt guilty about that so I was like I gotta sell other stuff and um, in fact my, my goal was initially to teach marketing that was never a thing I just became so passionate about it that we started doing that but um, I wanted to make sure things worked and what was interesting to me that I found is that um you know, I, I think I'd always assumed, I think a lot of people assumed that, like, what works in one market works everywhere, and it doesn't. Right. That's what we found, is like, in this market, this is what works, and, and but in this market, this is what works. And so I have a lot of respect for um, for that and, and understanding that, that there are universal truths in marketing. There's also very specific things that are different market by market, traffic source by traffic source. And and we, because we've, you know, my ADD has given us the ability to create so many different businesses and so many different verticals. We've had a a chance to play in all those and learn so much from each one and see what the similarities are but also what the differences are and, and um, I think it gives us kind of a unique perspective that most people don't don't have 
Yeah, and you know another thing too is that I, I so first of all, just to give you a, a little bit of context here from my side of this is you know I've I've had my company for five years. Well, it was basically a blog for five years. About a year and a half ago, I feel like in a lot of ways it became a real company and. Uh, around that time, I, I'd say actually about a year ago is when I was introduced to Joe Polish, who I know you you know, um, and I, I didn't know anything about marketing at that point. But then Joe asked me to come speak at his event, and I was exposed to all of these top top market not just intern marketers but marketers in general. And in the last year or so, I've learned an enormous amount about marketing, and a lot of your stuff has been a, a huge part of that. And what I found, which has been so exciting, is where I, I feel like myself and maybe a lot of people initially might have a reaction that marketing is like a bad thing in some ways or that you're influencing people in, in other ways. I, I want to get my message out to more people. I want to help more people. And this has just made me so much more effective at everything that I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. In fact, I remember I think when I first got started, I felt guilty sometimes about some stuff we're doing until I started seeing like results of it. And you see like people you do affect and people you do help and it's like, wow, like that that's worth it. And, and uh, that's really my focus now. But it's funny when we, we take on clients a lot of times, like that's, that's a universal, I think, thing with entrepreneurs is that they get nervous about that because they're like, man, my, you know, whatever those things are. But then they realize that, that the end goal is to, to, to serve and to help and motivate and to change people. And, and if you really believe in what you're doing, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to get out there and, and share it. Otherwise, no one... No one knows about it. You know, I look at the things in my life that have had the biggest impact, and I've shared this this publicly, this story. But my wife and I, when we first got married, we couldn't have kids, and for two or three years, like we suffered with this, you know, with that problem. And it wasn't until there was some doctor who was willing to go do whatever he had to do to get you know his message out there. He was on Oprah. My wife calls me one day on the work. She's like, "There's this guy on Oprah right now, and he's talking about fertility and, and the, what they do." And he's like, "He lives in Boise, Idaho. This is where we're from." And, I'm like, are you serious? Like, we've been working for three years trying to figure out how to do this. And, um, you know, we called them up. Next day, we were in their office. You know, within uh, three months, we were pregnant with twins, and it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I think, what do you have to do to get on Oprah? Like, that's not easy. You know, like, getting some hardcore marketing and sales to get there. But how grateful I am that he did, because it it showed me something that I never would have, I never had the the ability to know it was there until he did that. And um, I think that's how it is for most of us. Like, you got something you really believe in. Man, you gotta get it out there, and if you do, uh, you can change people's lives in whatever sphere you're you're in. Well, so I, I didn't know you have twins. Actually, I have twins also, so that that's that, that's really cool. And so, uh, the tw- well, so I have a th- I have a three and a half year old. The twins are two and a half. Oh wow! Yes, and they're all boys. Uh, so, and how old are yours? Uh, our twins are nine now. Okay, so and that actually that leads in really well to my next question: is that on a, on a recent episode of yours? you talked about the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur. And I really love that because, by the way, I had that exact same kind of pool example that you had where I was trying to get somebody to do the work. Is, is that something that you're, you're teaching your other boys, your twins? Yeah. Is that? Um, is that one of our, my twins is crazy entrepreneurial. In fact, he woke up at 6 o'clock this morning, came in and wanted to show me some iPad thing he found online that he wanted to buy and was asking me what things he could sell so he could earn that. I was like, man, you are just like me. I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's something that's, that's consistent. Like I, keep, I tell my kids all the time, like, every one of you guys have a superpower. Like, And, you know, for you, it might not be marketing, it might not be sales, it might be you want to be a baker or whatever it's like everyone's got a superpower I'm like I don't care what it is you want to do I don't care 
as long whatever you pick, like you got to become the best of that. Like that's the key. And 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 uh, I wish I wish everyone would look at life that way because they did. Like look at where you are, where you're standing, and, and everything's gonna increase. In fact, just it's funny. Um, I did that podcast episode and I put it out there, and one of the guys on my team listened to it, one of my employees, and was offended by it. And uh, it was like it came back to me. It was like you know the other employees know this is how you feel about him. I was like. I hope so. And so I actually made it mandatory for everyone on my team to listen to that. I said that if you right now are an entrepreneur and not, or excuse me, an employee, not trying to become an entrepreneur within our company, then you need to leave. And since then, every day since then, we've had an internal entrepreneur training in our team saying, you may be employees in here, but, but you've got to become the best at what you're doing within this, within your area of expertise. And you've got to become entrepreneurial. And so it's kind of funny, like the entrepreneurs loved it and, and the people who are employees will kind of you know, it, it kind of offended him. I'm like, that's good. Like, that's what we need. We need everyone realizing that this is what we expect, what we want from a from a company culture standpoint. So yeah, it was kind of funny. Yeah, no, that is great, and I think that's important too. It's like if you're one of the things that I talk about with employees a lot of times is that you need to be training people, or not even training them. You have to have the understanding that when somebody's working for you, and for and this is something for yourself to note as well, is that. Every year, you need to be thinking about how 70% of the things that you do can be made obsolete. You know, it can be done by somebody else or something or something else that you don't, you shouldn't be doing those 70% of things so that you can grow. And employees need to think that way as well. So, um, okay, so, so now I want to talk about some of the specifics too about of some of your, your offerings too because ClickFunnels was amazing for me because, you know, you have lead pages out there, you have uh, Instapage, you have all these things for creating landing pages, but as far as I know, there's really nothing out there to create an entire funnel. And for somebody who had no idea how to create a funnel, ClickFunnels really kind of makes that like error, almost idiot proof. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's kind of funny, like if you look at you know, the last eight or nine years that I've coached entrepreneurs, we used to do these big high-end events where people come to our offices and we'd spend three days mapping out um, sales funnels for people and we'd send them back, like, here it is, go go get it created. And our success rate was almost was very, very low because most people are like, now what do I do? Like, like we'll hire someone from India or Romania and then get a designer and a pro, you know, like all these things and people got would get it conceptually but then they couldn't actually execute on it. And so um, about, I guess about, Year, almost two years ago now is when um, one of my partners Todd Dickerson he was uh, he lives in Atlanta and he flies Boise every quarter and we hang out for a week while we're planning world domination and other fun things like that and uh, he showed up and we, we uh, kind of had this idea for, for what ClickFunnels became and we spent a whole week with the whiteboard like wouldn't it be cool if it did this what if it did this what if it did and like all these things that we're dreaming of and uh, me as the salesman, this is how I'm like, this is what I want to have so I can sell it. And him as the actual developer is like, well, this is what we can do, what we can't do. And, uh, <laughs> what was kind of a dream that we spent a week, you know, whiteboarding out. He flew back home to Atlanta and started building. And I think about eight or ten months later, we, we launched it. And it's just been, it's been amazing for me because it's given, I feel like it's given like entrepreneurs like us, like the ability now to execute our dreams. But before it was hard, like you had to have, multi people and cash and money, all these things for now. If you got a hundred bucks, you can build out your entire company. And that's that's all it takes. And it's uh, it's been inspiring watching watching what's been created and people that have that have just taken taken, you know, that have struggled forever that now we're making insane amounts of money because of it. Anyway, it's exciting, it keeps getting better and better every single day. Well and you know the the interesting thing about 
about it for me. So, so a lot of the stuff with internet marketing is, of course, you know, optimizing it, right? A/B testing and like seeing what works, what doesn't work, right? So, what I like when you create a funnel, and it's not just ClickFunnels, but when you create this funnel, the first funnel you create is the absolute worst it will ever be, right? <laughs> So, like, because it's only going to get better from then. And I think that's a really interesting mindset to be in as an entrepreneur. Like, if you take this idea that you can always tweak something, you can always change something, and, and ideally, everything you do is going to lead to an improvement, that's, I think that's a really fascinating way to sort of approach the stuff that we do. Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, I always tell people that, like, when I got started, like, there was no blueprints or idea. Like, we would, like, try to guess every time, and, like, 98% of the time it failed, right? We're now, like, because of, like, what well, we've all been doing for the last decade testing and trying like, we have some pretty good like controls like, we know that this basic concept works and so yeah like you said it's like you go okay this is the concept we're doing you put it out there the best you can and then now you kind of see how people respond they tweak and test and move things and and um, we've got kind of a, a mantra in our in our company um, that I try to get everyone thinking through which is how do I give myself a raise every day like, we gotta give ourselves a raise every single day so every day we come in and write okay what do we do today to give ourselves a raise like is it tweaking a headline? Is it increasing our traffic? Is it, you know, adding the email the email sequence? Like, what are these little things we can do each day that give ourselves a raise every single day? And uh, and more people thought that way. It's like like you said, this is the lowest thing possible. You know, I just got a job making thirty grand a year. What tweak can I make to give myself a raise today? Next day, what can I do to give myself a raise today? And every day you're thinking that, man. By the end of the year, you're making a hundred grand a year, and then five hundred grand a year, then a million a year. It just keeps keeps growing. If that's the the mindset you're you're working with, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, what does your team look like, by the way? Is it is it all in one place? Do you have a remote team, or like how how what, what's the operation kind of look like? Yeah, so so um so technically, right now, we actually have two companies. Um, we sold off everything. We sold off our supplements. Sold off everything because uh, to focus on on what we have in front of us. So there's the dot com secrets company, which is kind of the, the info publishing side of, of the business, and then there's ClickFunnels, and so. Uh, dot com secrets is all uh, for the most part located here in Boise, Idaho. We've got an office, and we've got probably eight people in the office. Or, you know, two or three that work from home. It's so probably about you know about ten people or so that, that do that side of the business. And then the other side is ClickFunnels, which is one hundred percent remote. And uh, you know, our lead developer and my partner uh, Todd, he lives in Atlanta. Dylan is my other partner in the business. He lives in Toronto. And then we've got, you know, I think 17 support guys who are all around the world. Uh, we just hired a new head of our, our content uh, team, which is, he lives in Australia. So, like, we've got people 100% all remote. I'd say, I think ClickFunnels right now, we probably have about 25 employees. And none of them work out of an office. Everyone works from, just works remote where they're at. Okay, so that, that's awesome. I'm just curious, uh, sort of from my own geeky uh, standpoint, but, like, are there certain tools that you use to communicate with each other, like Slack or anything like that? Yeah, they use a tool called FlowDoc. Ah. And I I never heard it before, but that was one that what the main uh, the main guy we brought over um, for the support team had used in the past, and he loves. So that's kind of what they they use internal is uh, is FlowDoc to do all the communication stuff. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. So now, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the perfect webinar too. So the, first of all, the the video for selling it is pretty great because you're you're basically doing the perfect webinar to sell the perfect webinar, which is which is awesome. But what I what so besides the fact that it is really effective and it works really, really well, and for my very first webinar ever, that's what I used. Uh, it, it's what's interesting about it to me also is that as I talked about, we do the A B testing and we trying to, you know, we're always trying to optimize things. But I at least in my understanding, my experience, that's the most difficult to do with something like video. 
right? Because for a website, it's really, you could say, okay, change this color or change this one word or these two words. But for a video, who knows if it was, you know, minute 47 that really affected somebody, right? Or like your tone of voice or things like that. So I, I think that the way that you just structured that was really great. And I, I mean, I mean, I know in the video you mentioned that there were a lot of sort of people that helped bring that together, the one you know, like with the stack and all that stuff. But did you go through several iterations of it to sort of perfect it? Oh, not several, like hundreds of iterations. <laughs> um, yeah, like to kind of give you the backstory on it. Like I, um, man, probably eight, I'd say about eight years ago, maybe nine years ago, um, there was there was a seminar that came out. I'd never been to a seminar before. I was this little nerdy entrepreneur in my basement, you know, doing the internet stuff. And then uh, Armin Morin had this seminar called The Big Seminar. And, and I saw him promoting it. And I was like, I'm going to go and like meet other internet guys. It's going to be cool. So I signed up for the seminar, flew out there. And I'd never been to an event. I thought, I assumed that it was like everyone got up and just taught cool things, right? And uh, which is kind of like how we do our events. <laughs> but it wasn't like that back then, right? So I get there and the first speaker gets up. He talks for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. And then he, he sells something for like two grand. And I look at all these people popping up around the room and running to the back to buy this $2,000 thing. And I'm doing the math, like two, four, six, eight. I'm like, I got made $80,000 right there. Next speaker gets up, does the same thing. People run in the back. And I got made like a hundred grand. And then the third speaker, for three days, I watched this exercise over and over and over again. And uh, I did the math and they made like three or $4 million of this event. And I was like, and I was a shy, nervous, awkward kid. And I'm like, I got to learn that skill. Like I got to figure that out. Like, for somebody to make 100 grand in 90 minutes, like that's something I gotta learn. And a little while later, someone asked, invited me to come speak at their event. And uh, so I you know, made my whole presentation, I did everything, and I went out to the to the event, I went, went and spoke, and I, and you know, in my head, I was like, my content's way better than anybody else's, like, I'm gonna make so much money, and I did my whole thing, and I did my pitch, and nobody budged, like, not a single person moved. And it was like the most humiliating experience ever, like, standing on stage, doing your clothes, nobody moves, and you like, awkwardly walk off the stage and walk to the back of my kids. It was so much pain. And I was like, I will never speak again. Um, and then luckily, you know, more opportunities came my way and people asked me. And, and so I, I tried a couple other ones and I had very, very bad success. And uh, I was just like, I gotta figure this out. Like there's people doing it, it can't be that hard. So I started studying everybody. Um, I started Bill, Bill Glazer, Dan Kennedy, uh, Ted Thomas, uh, just anyone I knew that was successfully speaking from stage, Armin Moore, and like, I went to every public speaking training and I started learning little pieces of it and I come back and I would, I would speak the next time and I'd make some more sales and I learned some more things and they kept going back and forth and I kept getting just better and better and better. And so every time I learned a new thing, I'd add it to my little, I always make templates on everything. Here's my little template of how I do it. And so I kept making it. and. And um, it's kind of actually, it's actually funny. So I, I had been doing that and I kind of felt like I perfected some, you know, a pretty good system for myself. And, um, and then about a year and a half ago, we had one of our students who signed up. And back then I wasn't teaching people to do webinars. I was, you know, we were focusing more on, on free plus shipping funnels, high ticket funnels, different things we we're showing people. But with her, like, like after I, I met her and her personality, I was like, she needs to be doing webinars. Like I just felt this, this need for it. And she's like, okay, well, how to do a webinar? And I'm like, well, you just kind of do it. You know, and I, I didn't really know how, how to kind of express it. And finally, I was like, you know what? Let me spend a day or two and kind of map out my process. I'm going to show it to you. So that's when I kind of created this little doodle sketch that showed all, you know, 10 or 10 years or so of, of all these tests and trials, kind of what I had done. And I, I sketched out that thing, which, you know, you probably, I'm sure you've seen that. And then, uh, and then I, I did a little training with, with her and with, you know, probably 20 or so of our coaching clients, which is the video I always give people. So you watch that video, like that was, that video, like really was for me teaching her how to do webinar. That was like the, the whole goal of it. And I just went through the whole script, how it worked. 
she went and took that and uh, did her first webinar and um, just crushed it. And now she's doing like, I think she's doing about 50 grand a week pretty consistently with perfect webinar. So I'm like, this works. Then I showed the next person and they didn't work. The next person, they didn't work. It just consistently across the board in almost every market that I can dream of, that template has just worked consistently over and over and over again. In fact, I'm doing a pitch right now for something completely unrelated to anything I've ever done before. And I just plugged it in and uh, it's it's like magic. In fact, um, we had our, our funnel hacking event, which was our, our live event uh, last month. And uh, the event we pitched, I just sold one thing, which is our certification program. And I just took out a perfect webinar, plugged in the certification program pitch. I did it and uh, we ended up selling $500,000 worth of it from that one, that one presentation. And then what was cool is that half the audience came back and said, man, like, I saw what you were doing. It was the perfect webinar. Like, I knew exactly where you were going, what was happening, and I still couldn't help but buy. Like, it just perfectly. I'm like, I know it's just magic. So that's kind of the backstory. But yeah, it's, it's from me standing up on stage, humiliating myself dozens of times over and over and over again, and then webinars and teleseminars and, and, and being so frustrated at not succeeding that I had to keep figuring it out. And that's kind of where the whole thing came from. I think of of all the different things that, you know, we've tried to produce a lot of amazing things, but I think that that's one of the, the best gifts I can give any entrepreneur is that script. And, uh, cause it just, it's the, I think it's the fastest way to go from struggling entrepreneur to, uh, to someone who's succeeding at a high level. Yeah. And, and I, I, what I really would like people to take away from this conversation too, is that you don't, you don't need to have that specific skill set necessarily. You don't have to have some great product or some amazing amount of knowledge to be able to, put this stuff together and to present it in a way that if it makes sense to somebody, they're going to be able to purchase it and you can make money from it. Like people can really make a living, can make careers, can make a really happy living from this stuff without having like the answer or the perfect thing or the, you know, the unicorn, I guess, basically. So especially the perfect webinar too. And I, I, I really, I wanted to talk about that, not just to like talk about how cool the, the perfect webinar is, but the, the real point is that I've never done a webinar before, not because I didn't want to, but because I had no idea what I was going to say or how I was going to talk about it. Because I personally think that I'm a very good speaker and I do a lot of public speaking, of course, but I'm not good at selling. And it's just not in me. And so this this is just, you just do it and it, you're like magically performing a skill that you don't have. <laughs> so, so it's amazing. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So, all right. So the, the last question, Russell, that I always like to ask on these interviews is uh, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And you can interpret that however you like. Um, yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, so there's a lot of things you can guess I can kind of go with that. But um, I'd say the first, the first thing is, is understanding sooner than later that you that you can't do everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. like I, I've got an amazing team of people around me, and if it wasn't for those people, like we couldn't be executing at the level we are by any stretch of the imagination. I think that for a long time I tried to be do solo and do everything that way, and I think it's smarter to go and find uh, find people who who you can surround yourself with. They're, they're going to be amazing. When I worked with Tony Robbins, one thing he kept saying was, you know, every company needs to have an artist, a manager, an entrepreneur. you got to figure out which one you are and then go find the other two people and, and surround yourself with those and I think that that's, uh, that's true. So finding, you know, finding out which one you are. Are you the artist? Are you the entrepreneur? Or are you the manager? And then go find people to fill those other two roles for you. Um, that'd be one thing. Um, next thing I would say is, uh, is there's some things that, like, 
there's some things you've just got to figure out on your own because you're the only one that's going to care about it. And I, I really think like using click funnels, it, you know, I'm saying that because it's my thing, but, but like uh, tons of entrepreneurs I work with, like I tell them, hey, go do this, this, this. They go, okay, I'll talk to my tech guy and have him edit my click funnels page. I'm like, no, just you need to learn how to log in and do that because like <laughs> you've got to grasp that thing, right? Like you've got to become really good at, at doing that because because every time you have someone doing it, it's, it delays things, it slows things down. And I'm a big believer that money follows speed. And so you've got to, to be able to be the one that can implement things really, really quickly. And it's worth the, the time it takes to, uh, to go in and figure out how to use it and, and master it because um, it'll, it'll 10x how fast you can get things to market. And I think the last thing is become really, really good at modeling other people. Um, mm. It's the fastest way to, to just to dramatically speed up your success. You know, look at the markets that we've had a lot of success in and the markets that we haven't. And um, the one commonality is that we, we find someone who's doing something at a high level. We look what they're doing. You know, we call it funnel hacking. We funnel hack them. Um, we, we, we model what they're doing as close as we can, but with our product and our service and our, our sales letter and things like that, but we model their process as close as we can because I know there's a lot of people that have gone ahead of us that have proven what works. And so for me to shortcut that, is is key otherwise I'm starting from ground zero and in fact I won't even start a project unless I know exactly where the traffic is coming from what offers are currently working right now and how we can model something to to, uh, to compete with them so yeah those are probably the three Okay, so those are great, but I, I have to say something about that third one for everyone too to recognize is that Russell is telling you that if there's somebody who's already doing it really well, that doesn't mean that you can't do it. <laughs> you know, quite the opposite. Like you're basically saying that this is an opportunity to learn from them, and 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 then you do it. I mean that, which is a really important point. I mean, because some there's so many people who would be like, oh well, there's there's already somebody who's just killing it in that space, so there's really no room for me, or I can't catch up, or something. Which is just that's that's limited thinking. Oh yeah, it always makes a lot of people tell me all the time, like, oh well, there's only like ten people selling stuff here, so I, I you know whatever. Like for me, if there's not like a hundred people selling something in the market, like I don't want to be in it. Like I I want a whole bunch of people doing stuff because. And there's just so much more strategic advantage of, of doing that. The worst case is like, Russell, I found a niche in a market that nobody's in. Like, I'm sure that's, <laughs> that's not a good thing. That, that means that there's no market there. Uh, and uh, the, the bigger markets a lot of people playing in are the ones that I, I always want to be part of. It's just it's easier. It's a thousand times easier. It's easier to rent lists. It's easier to find partners. It's easier to find your traffic sources. It's easier to create offers. Like, everything's easier. Um, so, yeah, definitely. It seems counterintuitive. But you want to step into the most competitive markets possible. Is my is my belief. So, yep, awesome. So, uh, all right, we're gonna have links to everything in the show notes, of course. But what, if somebody wants to get on the Russell train, like where do you where do you send them? Um, the, I, I say to get started, like go read the book. Like we have, a, I wrote a book called Dotcom Secrets, um, and it's free. You just pay like seven bucks, and we'll ship it out to you. If you go to um, dotcomsecrets.com, there's a link to it there. And uh, that's probably the first thing. If you guys want the perfect webinar script, you go to, uh, I think it's perfectwebinarsecrets.com. You get the script for free as well. I think it's four bucks and we ship you out the script and DVD that teaches it. Um, but yeah, just get some of our free stuff and check it out. If you like it, then there's always more. But, uh, <laughs> you know, get, get the free stuff. We like giving away most of our stuff for free just so people can, can have a good experience. And if you do, then, uh, you know, then we want you to use ClickFunnels and all those other kind of things. So. Awesome. Well, Russell, thank you so much. It's been awesome talking to you and um, keep doing what you're doing. Cool, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. 
If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.